0: Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the city of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed.
1: Matthew 23, verse 23. Wonderful. Now, um... For some time, there are certain things I've been wanting to teach, but I couldn't really coin, um, I, I couldn't really coin a phrase to it. And I was having a discussion with one of my good friends, um, Pastor Daniel Carrea, and he taught something in this manner. And I meditated on it, and I felt it's something we needed to learn as well. Um, in an interesting way. It's always exciting when I see you guys come for midweek. <laughs> there was that period where it was very cold uh, and <laughs> and Creso had gone home. Oh my God. It was a battle of but it's always exciting to see you all at midweek service. How many are here for their first time? Yeah, here for your first time. Wow. <laughs> Amazing, eh? quite a good number of you. Okay, so today's message is very interesting. I think it's very sobering, and you might laugh, you might cry, you might shout, (laughs) you might scream. It might get loud, it might get quiet. I never really know. You know, there are times I prepare sermons where I'm thinking. This is one of those loudest sermons, and then I'm preaching, and you can hear a pin drop. <laughs> you can literally hear a pin drop. I think there are other times, so it's—it's it's very. I, I'm not so sure. But for those meeting me for the first time, I'm very nice. Okay, and I'm very glad to meet you. Now, let's—the um, sermon is entitled "The Law of Priorities." The law of priorities. Ask your neighbor, what have you prioritized in your life? Let me, let me just give you let me give you an idea. Um, here's a question. Are you successful at your current stage? And if the answer is yes, why? If it's no, Why? And how will you know when you're successful? You wake up successful, does your definition of success change? Is it in relation to age? Is it in relation to material possessions? If it's in relation to material possessions, how much is enough to be successful? How much is not enough? If it's in relation to purpose, to what extent must you know your purpose? in short, if the Lord Jesus were to come today, by measure of what he's given you right now, would he consider you a success? And then when it comes to success, when it comes to success, do you, what standards do you use to define it? Those are very interesting questions, right? So I'll ask you yet again, in the context of where you're at as of today, not really in in the context of your full potential, because I know God will keep adding on, but if today was the day Jesus is coming, would he consider you a success? If yes, why? And if no, why? And then you might also want to think that is there a difference between the way you view success and the way the Lord Jesus views it? Is there a difference between the way Jesus views success for your neighbor and the way he views it for you? Because in the parable of the talents, they were each given according to their ability. So meaning, he wasn't going to judge the one he gave three uh, by virtue of whether they had more than the one he gave five. So, do you measure success by what you see from other people? Or is it... Are there general principles you use are there specific principles you use you know the look you're giving me you give me the look of a oh, pastor this is why i'm your i'm your child like teach me <laughs> <You're> like, <yeah. laughs> that's the look you keep giving me like. <laughs> those are questions i ask myself a lot have you ever had those moments where you wake up at zero two and you're just asking yourself am i successful am i successful by god's version 20 years from now, will I be successful? What do I need to do to ensure that 20 years from now I'm still in God's world? Do you do that? Uh, Not really. What do you do? (laughs) What do you do when you wake up suddenly at zero two? Turn the other side? (laughs) Okay. Matthew 23, verse 23. It says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrites. For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. Watch what he says. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Interesting. Eh? So now the Lord Jesus speaks something very interesting. He tells them that he had a challenge with them because there were certain matters of the law that he considered weightier than others. But then what they did is that they focused on the matters of the law that did not carry as much weight, perhaps because those were the matters that made them look like the ones. Because remember, the Pharisees liked to do things publicly. So perhaps they focused on the tithe because they would probably do it publicly and they would look like the one. But then they were neglecting certain other matters of the law which also carried weight. I think Jesus says something interesting. He didn't say choose one over the other. He said these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. I've noticed a certain habit that's there, especially in this period of everyone wanting to share wisdom. It's that when we think one thing is important, we tend to think anything else isn't. And I'm not certain why, but we sometimes want to feel that to praise one thing, you must speak down another. I don't know if you're getting my point. I'll give you an example. From a political perspective, you know you can actually praise something the previous government did and still like the incumbent and vice versa. You, you don't necessarily need to bring down one to speak of another one. You know you can actually talk about hard work without saying prayer is useless. You don't necessarily need to bring down one to talk about another one. But that's the kind of mindset that many people have developed where it's like one or the other, and yet the Lord Jesus wants all the things done. So now, one, the one key word that I see here is where he talks about weightier matters. There are certain matters in the scriptures which if you have to study, you'll find there are certain things that are weightier than others. There are certain things that carry more weight than other things do. For example, I'll use the example the Lord Jesus used here. Honestly, I wouldn't be drawn into arguments on uh, I can imagine wasting so much energy writing so many articles and arguing about the tithe When there are so many people who are not saved and we can argue about methods of evangelism perhaps that's slightly more important maybe but on the other hand since some of you have been asking my view i'll tell you because i'm at church here um i think last week i joked or maybe you thought it was a joke with regards Old Testament, New Testament. um, One thing that's interesting is the Old Testament started with Moses. Tithes preceded the Old Testament. Tithes started with Abraham and then was continued with Jacob. In the New Testament they didn't necessarily talk much about it because what they expected was for people to sell everything and bring their possessions and lay them at the apostles' feet and sometimes give up their bodies. So we should pick. So (laughs) Let's go. <laughs> but nevertheless, um, if you read the Old Testament, the tithes, I think what's more important is seeing the wisdom that God had when instituting it. So if you read the Old Testament, you'll notice three kinds of tithes, right? Have you observed that? In your own time, take time to study. When you read Numbers 18, you'll find um, one of the, the way Jews were trained was like this a tenth of your money should be in support of the priests. That's why it says bring the full ha- tithe to the house that there may be food in my house. And then that's the first kind. And so that's, you'll find that in Numbers 18 from verse 20. And then they were also advised that they should spend a tenth of their money on the house of God. Meaning initially they were told to do, it was wisdom then, that you have a tenth supporting the priest then you have a tenth for the house of God for the work and then they were also advised every three years to give a tenth of something that they earn towards those who are in need perhaps the principle there is that when it comes to money in the house of God it's wisdom to ensure that there is a system that supports the workers that supports the work and that can support those in need Whatever way you want to call it or whatever name you want to devise for it, um, you can come up with one. <laughs> so meaning even as debates have been postulated, perhaps what shouldn't be neglected are the systems. Because when you read First Corinthians 9, you find that the New Testament still had a system for the workers. And Second Corinthians 9, the New Testament still had a system for the work. And Philippians 4, the, syst- the New Testament still had a system for those who needed things. I think that's very clear but now let's look at priorities let's look at what we prioritize what we prioritize number one by the time I'm done with this perhaps you'll be able to define success because success is really defined by your priorities you must seek the kingdom of God above anything else especially money. I'll say it again. You must seek the kingdom of God above anything else, especially money. I remember one time I received a phone call from an organization I will not mention because we're live. And let's just say when it comes to TV, it's one of the biggest in Africa. So I'm sure you can imagine it was an international call. And they, they told me they've been watching me for some time, and it seemed I was one of the popular young men of God um, across Southern Africa, according to them. And they wanted me to travel to a certain country so they could talk to me because they wanted to produce a particular show which is similar to, have you ever watched Preachers of L.A.? Yeah, so they wanted to produce a similar show to Preachers of L.A., and they were telling me how the financial package would really be good and how I would be so known and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, everybody likes free plane tickets. I won't lie to you. Even those guys who I wrote about in my article, the ones who are by the Internet cafe, who, when they saw a plane crash, they're like, "That's why whyde." <laughs> and I was thinking, "That's not the reason. You just don't have a ticket.) <laughs> I think if I remember when, when one of them says, that's." I'm like, "You just can't afford. <laughs> Yeah, everybody likes free plane tickets, right? Everybody likes them. Especially first class, we all like them. (laughs) And free trips across. And by the way, I I actually like being famous. Like right now, I'm on, I I checked just before entering the service, I'm on 19,966, 69 likes. Stop clapping, I'm supposed to be on 20K by now. I was supposed to be on 20K, but 34 of you have not liked. <laughs> and, 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 you know, we'll keep talking as we go on. But you know that um, there is nothing wrong with desiring to be great. As a matter of fact, do you remember the disciples asking Jesus who is the greatest? And then he, notice how he responded. He didn't say, you shouldn't be great. He said, if you want to be the greatest, be this. So there's nothing wrong with desiring it. It just depends on the methodology. What I'm saying is that I received that call, and obviously the way I was going to be branded and the way I was going to be packaged is far from the branding and the packaging that God wants me to have. So there was going to be a discrepancy between my purpose and how they would have wanted me, how they wanted me to be branded. I chose purpose. What am I saying? You must seek the kingdom of God above anything else. And my emphasis is especially money. Let me give you a few scriptures. Matthew chapter 6, verse 32. Let's start from verse 31 up to verse 33. Well, I managed to finish this today because I'm just on point one and I've got seven points. Now, therefore, do not worry saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Uh huh. For after these things, after all these things the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need these things but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you let's look at it from the passion translation from verse 31 from the passion translation so then forsake your worries why would you say, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? Uh-huh. For, for that is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly father already know that these things your bodies require? Uh-huh. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. It says then all these less important things. Now, if you read it from, if you read earlier, it says your father knows you need these things. So he's not saying that oh, now all of a sudden you should walk about and never eat and never <laughs> maybe we might want to know what worry is, right? Because I believe worry and concern are a little different. Worry is, is it's very antagonistic to faith. You know the way we expect something when you have faith? Worry, on the other hand, is where you expect the negative. There's an expectation, except it's very negative. And it, there's a certain hopelessness that worry produces. And can I tell you another thing that worry does? Maybe can I show you from the scriptures? According to Jesus. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay I've been taught some good stuff here okay look at Matthew 6 verse 27 let me tell you another thing that worry does uh-huh. which of you by worrying can add one single one cubit to his stature give me the next verse. <laughs> it's a penalty um Then they start from 26. Okay, 25 to 28. Let's go. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or what you drink, nor about your body, what you put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Uh Uh-huh. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Uh Uh-huh. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Uh Uh-huh. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Yeah. Now, if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the heaven... Will he not much more clothe you or you of little faith? Worry, here's one challenge with it. Worry doesn't add a single day to your life. It doesn't add a single day to your life. If you read verse 27 from the um, NIV, the other one said cubit. So if you look at verse 27, maybe from the NIV or and the like, notice something it says, just give me from the NIV, I just want to to give one piece of wisdom. Do you have NIV? Okay. Look at it from the NIV, verse 27. It says, which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Now, for me, that shows me a certain principle. Worry actually wastes time. Worry usually increases um, unproductiveness. Have you noticed that in moments of worry, maybe, I don't know about you, but for me, in moments where, let's say, I've been challenged in the area of worrying, those are moments I'm the least productive. Have you noticed that in moments where you're thinking, "Well, I, can, can I even pass this exam? Those are the moments you won't study. <laughs> Have you observed that? The moments where you're thinking, where will this money come from? And I, I'm not talking about think in context of contemplating, but, hey, Mario my Mario this, Mario this, and all that kind of stuff. Have you observed that those are the moments you come up with the least business ideas? Because worry doesn't add to you. It reduces. Nevertheless, my point for you, can clap. Yeah, yeah. Feel free. Feel free. <laughs> that person on that side who didn't clap were waiting for you to add. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, when I'm saying you prioritize the kingdom over these things, verse 33 from the Amplified, and I would encourage us all to read some of these chapters where Jesus taught, because he taught life principles from the heavenly perspective. If you've noticed here, Jesus was teaching life. Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7, he was teaching life. Then I think Matthew 8, he was doing miracles, right? So now, Um, In verse 33 from the Amplified, it says that you seek after the kingdom of God and his righteousness, meaning his way of doing and being right. So that means to say that for a believer, it's not just about getting there. It's how you get there. I'll say it again. I'm not saying you can't experience favor. It's very possible to experience favor. As a matter of fact, the believer's way produces favor, and sometimes favor can be unfair. But what I mean to say is, if you have to go Satan's way to get there, will it really be success? Or will you now be bordering on the borders of gaining the whole world and yet losing your soul? If to get to the top, you have to compromise your body, compromise your purity, to gain certain favors. Is it, are you really going to count yourself as successful? And then afterwards you give motivational talks about starting a restaurant with one rice. And in heaven, and in heaven, they are shocked, like, huh? <laughs> That's how you started it. And yet they know what happened. If you have to use uh, charms, spread funny things on yourself. Manipulate all sorts of funny spells and stuff to get something? Is it really success? And the worst is when you tell yourself, it's okay, when I'm done, I'll repent and God will forgive me. I'll just go to the altar and then I'll even take my tithe and I'll be the highest in partnership and the like. And then you forgot that it says God cannot be mocked. I've told you this before and I'll tell you again. I, I had an experience one time where... Um I received a message and from somebody who wanted a healing. And they came home because I used to meet most people from home by then. And they had an accident, so part of their body was like cut and the like. I remember because I think Diana I was there, she was helping me with ushering. And then the person says, look, before you pray for me, I just wanted to, you know, just sow this seed. And my heart felt off. And I asked, where would you get that money? And it turned out, they were just from patronizing with a married man, and they came with that money. I stood and I said, get out. I think, get out. I said, I'm not going to lay my hands on you. I should give up my ministry for what? I told them to get out. My words may have been slightly harsher. (laughs) 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 You don't mock God. And the strangest thing happened. That evening I got a text from them. and The person said when they reached home, they found the wound had dried. Seems that get out came with authority. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> and I asked them if they were going to stop that lifestyle and they said no. They their number, forgot their face. I don't even remember who they are now. But what I'm trying to say is don't Compromise your faith for anything. Don't do that. Don't. If you're having challenges, it's better you come and we brainstorm. But even as you're having those challenges, there are certain things that should die as an option. For example, um, I'll use this example. Somebody comes and says, Look, you need to help me. Um, Maybe they come to the church and say, Look, you need to help us. We're having this financial challenge. You need to help me. And, you know, if you don't help me, I'll just go about and sleep with some man. That's, That's, you're threatening us. That's blackmail. That's spiritual blackmail. Why is it still an option? It means you've not died to it. There are certain things that should stop being an option. For example, remove alcohol as an option when it comes to dealing with stress. Remove it. And you know the only way you can remove it? I was teaching a few people yesterday, actually, that asking a few questions about alcohol. And one thing that I told them is this. The moment you keep it like there, where it's not even though you're not drinking a lot, but it's just like somewhere there. The challenges, the day something happens, because you kept it somewhere there, it's still gonna be an option, and you'll go and abuse it. Ladies and gentlemen, some numbers must be deleted from your phone. You know that that number that you're keeping, the kind of activities you and that person shared are of huge compromise to your faith. Why is it still in your document? Why is it still in your phone? Why do you still have that contact? Why do you still have it? I don't know if you're getting my point. You've joined a village banking group, yeah the treasurer, and you decide, you know. Um, Perhaps this is God's way (laughs) of blessing me. Since the Bible says, be as harmless as a dove, but as cunning as a serpent, they'll never know since. (laughs) And so as the (laughs) treasurer, you decide to give yourself a (laughs) loan. and you know the funny thing about money you've not worked for it goes (laughs) it knows how to go, it knows how to finish oh my god before you know it, you've you've got no idea you've got no idea you start trying to remember, okay I took the guys out and then there was that one's birthday then there was that emergency and everybody has an emergency and you start enjoying being the big buyer (laughs) (laughs) And then before you know it, you're owing 100,000, and your salary is four thousand, <laughs> And your rent is three5. Do you know what ends up happening there? You'll find where you can borrow 100,000, and they expect you to pay 150 in one month. Let's not forget, your salary is (laughs) (laughs) 4,000. Then you know what ends up happening? Before you know it, you're owing 600,000. And then everyone else also has got things they're dealing with. And when you come to everybody else, they may not necessarily have the money. And then not only may they not have the money, they can also have questions for you. Like why are you owing? Or why this or why that? And then before you know it, people just in this life just don't care. <laughs> That's why in life you need real friends. Hey, Shanuko, See, these believers. Kaya church were from teaching them stewardship with their money. That's why here's my advice to you. If there's anybody here and you're in a debt crisis, before you make another, forgive me for my words, I'll hold my words. Before you... Make <laughs> no, they are new members. <laughs> I want them to join, okay? So I need to, I need to be nicer. Okay, so before you make another, um, um, another unwise, <laughs> decision. I would advise you, you come, we talk, we shout at you, we pray, and we try and just, like, figure something out. <laughs> Amen. We try and just figure something out. Now, have you ever thought about it? You know, money, you have to be careful with it, because, you know, money, is you know when the Bible says you can't serve two masters at the same time? Interestingly, it didn't say God and the devil. Let's read. <laughs> Ask your neighbour if they're enjoying this. You've answered for them. <laughs> Matthew six, from verse twenty to twenty-four. Read from the NKJV and then the TPT. I'm telling you and you and, and you know something, let me tell you something. With money you have to be careful. One of the challenges with money is that sometimes you can want money because you just like having money. Not because you've really got a use. You just it just doesn't feel good if the like car the like car wallet is like this. And you know and you know it's very easy to cheat yourself by swiping. I know because that's what I do. Like <laughs> On my end, if I don't want to feel like I've really spent, you know, you just remove your card and you swipe. <laughs> and then you don't read the text. <laughs> Who's ever done that? <laughs> you guys are doing at those moments. Okay. I remember there was one time we were doing some, I think we were doing some grocery shopping. And, oh my God, I wasn't liking it. Because um, it was that grocery shopping. No, there's that grocery shopping you do alone. Then there's one you do with your wife, <laughs> and the one with your wife is, is 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 oh my God! You're putting handy handy, you know, like if you're going to spend a lot of money, you want to see that you just got this huge plastic of T-bone or this huge plastic. Now where you're putting handy handy, you're putting dishwasher, sunlight, five kg. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> The, the trolley is just getting full. There are no snacks yet. Imagine. <laughs> you've not even yet passed through the snack. No. <laughs> Do you guys know that feeling? Really? I, I have to remove your card. <laughs> I remember one time I didn't even want to see. It. Like I, I literally just gave them my card. I didn't want to see. And then, and then just when I thought I was that big spender of the house, the person in front of me, just nonchalantly swipe like a nine pin grocery shop and they, like, Hey. <laughs> Very nonchalantly, like, yeah, <laughs> I shouldn't have looked. Okay, so it's it says, <laughs> um, Let's start from verse 19. Handy, handy. <laughs> I don't even know what it's used for. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> what is it for? <laughs> what? Yeah. What about boom? The Jewish boomer. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I remember when I lived as a bachelor, I just needed two plates. <laughs> okay. Matthew six nineteen. it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh-huh. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. Uh huh. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? That means, you know, those people think they are so enlightened and yet it's darkness. That's the worst ignorance. Those are ignorant of their ignorance. Verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The other word for mammon is money except mammon seems stronger, because I think mammon is more of the spirit behind. So he says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Let's have the TPT from verse 19. By the way, that's one verse we use to when we're teaching on loyalty here, because if you're going to have me as your pastor, and somebody else as your pastor, there'll be days you'll like the other pastor more, because there are days when I wake up. Laughter <laughs> and I call an emergency meeting. <laughs> no, that's, that, that's a fact. Imagine somewhere else, they've said they're having a bribe, so we've put you on a fast. What, who will you like more at that point? <laughs> I know you guys are very spiritual, you like the fast. So anyways, <laughs> I said, <laughs> so that's why it's, it's, it's easier like that. So it says, don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures, that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Mm. Perhaps that's why um, if you had to study the three methods of being a millionaire, maybe that's why the one that they value more is uh, your assets minus liabilities, right? They value that one even more than cash because cash has got a tendency to lose value. For example, is it yesterday when the euro and the dollar are now one-to-one for the first time in how many years? So many years, right? The euro and the dollar are now one-to-one. And yeah, interesting. So maybe that's why the wealthiest people in the world seem to care more about assets than money. And you know what's funny about the wealthiest people in the world? Can I tell you the funniest part about them? They rarely use their own money. Do you know that? You know they always borrow from the bank. (laughs) (laughs) And then the bank always gives them, because they look at their net worth. As in they can, that's why they can go broke today, and the next day, they've thought of a million dollar project, and the bank will finance it. Because it seems... They've reached a certain level where the bank knows this guy can make us money. Very interesting. They rarely use their own money. They use yours. (laughs) (laughs) Not mine. Okay, so let's go. (laughs) Okay. No, you'll be that one, eh? From today, the one who's using their money. So it says, instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves. Hey, imagine stockpiling heavenly treasures. That cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. When I, when, I, when I think of the word stockpile, I imagine you're in a house, you've got many brothers and sisters, and you have to hide your snacks. So, <laughs> yeah, how many of you can relate there? Well, you have to, well, when you buy certain snacks, you have to keep them away from, from certain people. It says for your heart will a, look at this. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Mm. This is a lesson. Do you know how many lessons we can teach here? Do you know how many lessons we can teach here? Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> right, let me not say much. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen. When you liked the Kaguza. <laughs> uh-huh. You used to call every day, and it's not that you were not busy then. You were busy. You were busy. And then (laughs) hello, the day the lady says yes, you call for two minutes and you expect her to be grateful. You expect her to just lift up her hands in the air and say, wow, he thought of me for two minutes. (laughs) But when you were pursuing her, that's not the way you were. On this one, I think they've won. Because the Bible says, your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. So if your value has your treasure, don't stop pursuing her. And it's work. It's work. Even when you're married, it's work. They still want to be taught nice things, taken on. It's still work, I'm telling you. It's work. <laughs> like, if it means you have to write a daily planner or you have to put on Google Calendar important dates, do so. It's work. I don't think I get it in my. Point. For me, the moment January enters, like the moment I'm entering January, I'm already starting to think okay, my wife's birthday is in April. What do I need to do? Because it can catch you by surprise. These things (laughs) can shock you one day. That's like it's tomorrow. (laughs) Okay. It says, for your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Such people, you don't have to force them to come to church. You don't have to force them to give their partnership. You don't have to force them to evangelize. Your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. So if somebody is saying they've been busy, the question is, what have they been busy with? Or who have they been busy with? I'm a pastor. I know what I'm talking about. Someone tells you they've not been coming to church, they've been a bit too busy. That's why they've not been in the Zoom meetings and stuff like that. I think within a short time, they've also entered a relationship. Where did they find that time? (laughs) thought they were busy. How are they sustaining all those things? You check their Instagram, it's popping. (laughs) They're everywhere. (laughs) There's no place, they're not there. Food court, they're there. Okay, I'm just saying that because I was at the food court. (laughs) I overspent. Okay, so let's, next verse. (laughs) overspent. Next verse. It was a bad financial decision. One of the worst financial decisions I've ever made. These guys know they were with me. I just saw it, like somebody advertised and I'm thinking, there's a place where there will be food and I'm not there. And I just took myself. Ha! There was this thing I was not planning to buy. And this, this man just says, come, come, come. Here's a sample, here's a sample. And then he says, look, let me do this. I put this rice, I do this thing. Then he flipped an egg, and I was so impressed. <laughs> and I put this, 100 kwacha you go. And <laughs> I felt, I can't waste his flipping of an egg. Surely, somebody flipped an egg for me. (laughs) And I go home, I was like, what did I buy? Another guy saw me, I follow him on Facebook, I had to buy from there. Another one said I evangelized to him when I was at Onza. I had to buy from there, so I've stopped. Now let's go. Guys, give me the next verse. (laughs) And I only enjoyed like half the stuff. Yeah. So I plan to go again, but I'll make the right decisions. So we were on verse 21. I think the projection... Okay, let me read from my tab. It says, the eyes of your spirit... No, but do you know that it's true that whatever you value you will find a way. And this happens in all areas of life. I remember one time, my phone got damaged. I found a way. Have you noticed how people replace their phones? <laughs> now, who's ever observed when it comes to replacing their phones? One minute, someone was announcing to you that there was a... thing, Somehow, they are back online. Before you know it, their photo quality has improved. <laughs> Okay, guys, that's good. <laughs> okay, so it says, the eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. But if your eyes are focused on money, that's verse 23, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. How profound will be the darkness within you if the light of truth cannot enter? Verse 24, how could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God, while enslaved to the God of money. Now, one thing you should know about money is this. Money is a very good servant, but a very bad master. I'll say it again. It's a very good servant but a very bad master. The moment it becomes your master, it will force you to do anything for it and it will lie to you. Here's why I say so. Let me give this example. I have helped and ministered to a lot of people who were involved in some form of prostitution, right? 80 to, I think 80 to 90% of the time, it had to do with particular needs. There were certain needs that maybe they didn't have, right? Now, 80% from the people I've ministered to, even after those needs were met, why did they go back? It's because it was no longer about the needs. You know what it became? Addiction to fast money. And you notice that's the same thing with stealing. It's one of, stealing for me is one of the worst things. Can I tell you why I say so? Can you imagine a person doesn't mind a family losing a loved one just so they can grab their phone? It makes you lose a sense of value for everything else. Imagine somebody doesn't mind. They've got no problem with chopping a person's hand just so they can get a wristwatch. It makes people cold. Very close to the devil. No, it makes people cold because it means someone doesn't mind how hard a person worked for something. They don't mind getting it. Just so they can enjoy. They should be the ones enjoying. No one else deserves to. It's where where you have to enjoy at another person's expense. It's one of the coldest things a person can do. And that's why you'll find before long, someone moves into murder. It comes from that mindset. It's one of the worst things. And I can tell you, don't serve money. Money should serve you. Money should serve you. Let me give you One final scripture for today. I'm still on point one. eh? One thing I should tell you is this. When it comes to money and everything else. Here's my warning to you as Apostle Frederick. Don't doubt. Don't you dare doubt. I'll say it again. Don't you dare doubt God's ability. What do you think I'm going to say next? Don't you dare, what do you think I was going to say? To provide, no, that's what I was going to say. That, uh, that, yeah, okay, so what I was going to say was this. Don't you dare doubt God's ability to challenge anything that you put on a pedestal next to him. Don't you dare doubt that. Let me give you a scripture as we're ending. Two. At least I'm honest. Exodus 20. <laughs> and the second one is four verses. So Exodus 20 from verse 4. When God gives the commands, have you noticed the first commandment he gives? Let's start from verse. Let's start earlier. The first command. Is it verse 2? And the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of bondage. Uh you shall have no other gods before me, that's the first Uh (laughs) you shall not make for yourself a carved image any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth, next verse you shall not bow down to them nor serve them, notice the reason for I the Lord your God I'm a jealous God. How tough is his jealousy? Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Now, in case you thought that perhaps uh, there is no hell or no fury, than uh, (laughs) a woman scorned (laughs) you've not met god huh you 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 put anything on a pedestal you put anything at a place do not doubt he's very patient he's very kind but the moment you put anything at a place where it competes with him you make it his enemy that's the worst thing you would want that's why serve him with money. Don't make it compete with him. Imagine a person is to become unrebukable because now they are worth $10 million. What's better, they go to heaven or the $10 million goes? Before you know it, the $10 million has gone. And that, no, that's something you must know. Never put anything at a place where it competes with you and God. That's why, let me tell you one thing that I learned when it comes to Finances. You must be very, come to a place where certain things don't shake you. I don't know if I'm getting my point. Meaning, the day you touch the biggest amount you've ever touched, there's nothing wrong with on that day or even fasting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, think about this. When do most people spend most of their money? It's those who are on salaried employment. It's usually the same day. Meaning, there's something... Like something just goes wrong in their mind. Like, hey, the salary is here. The salary is here. I remember when I was growing up, there was even a song that was encouraging people to do that. Something like Leon Pasate. And the the lyrics went. <laughs> and it says, Uje <laughs> afu. If I was to give a personal principle, I would advise you not to spend too much money on the day you get it. Sober up first. until you go. Sober up. Not that. That, that, that. <laughs> that same day. You've, you <laughs> <laughs> Just sober up. Give yourself a day or two. Guys, come on. If you know you have challenges, give yourself a day or two. Sometimes just shock the heavens. Passate. Put yourself on a fast. (laughs) Who's noticed that people would rather fast per (laughs) 17th? Sometimes is it really fasting? Or it's dieting. Or it's saving money. (laughs) Now, look at Luke 9 verse 59. Luke 9 verse 59. Now, I'll tell you this. Don't you doubt God's ability to fight that which you've placed as a god. That's why there are certain things, Uh, let me give you a personal example. How many of you know that I somehow like football, right? (laughs) 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 Just a little bit, right? Now, can I tell you one principle I gave myself? Ask any of the gentlemen I discuss football with, I come to church, And the first thing you ask me is, did you watch the game? "Ah." I'll answer you a penalty. Do you know I'm doing that? I'm trying to save myself. I don't want want one day to hear, thou shalt not watch football anymore. It's disturbing you. I'm telling you, after church, there can be a match. I will go meet everyone I'm supposed to meet. I will not even check lineups. I'll put my phone. I'll even turn off notifications. I don't know if you're getting my point like don't I, I i i just don't want i don't find myself in a situation <laughs> don't just he's okay with all these other things but seek him first you refuse to pray for people because your favorite team lost okay <laughs> okay try that then he said to another <laughs> or maybe the soap opera you're watching I don't know if still, people still watch soap operas whatever they watch something didn't go well for the main cast wow. the whole house should feel it that day the food because something just didn't go well <laughs> he had season cancer. okay then he said to another follow me but he said Lord let me first go bury my father Jesus is like what? you're equating anything Following me, that's the easiest way to get answered the penalty by the Lord Jesus. What did he answer? Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. He doesn't like competition, not even the person going to bury his father was important enough. The statement, Let, uh, let me go bury my father, didn't mean that the father was dead, by the way. What that statement implied is, look, let me just go and it's sort of like let me serve my father first, then when he dies and is buried, I'll come and follow you. That's what it meant. Yeah. It's like people who say, No, no, I would have loved to join City of the Lord Church, but you know I need to be buried well, so I've heard such statements. You've never heard such statements? okay (laughs) next yeah the people who are more concerned about how they are buried as if they'll feel it (laughs) they may not necessarily feel it right more concerned about how they are buried than where they will go than whether they would have fulfilled purpose than whether they would have fulfilled destiny and another also said lord i will follow you but let me first go and bid farewell go and bid them farewell who at my house. Uh-huh. And Jesus said to them, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You don't, you don't, you don't give him conditions. Like, Lord, I'm willing to serve you. I'm willing to get saved. But first, this boyfriend of mine also just needs to get saved. Lord, we even serve you together. You're giving him conditions. You don't do that. What has his salvation got to do with yours? Is that, are you really concerned about his salvation? Is that really your concern? Or it's your emotions you're looking out for? Why don't you just be honest and say, look, I'm in love. What do I do? <laughs> then lie to the Lord. No, there are so many things people say that are totally lies. Lord, if I get an A in this course, you, I'll be a zealous Christian. So you're telling me you need a course to make you a zealous Christian. Then are you fit for the kingdom of God in the first place? What if you don't get an A because you didn't study? Or it was just rough? (laughs) Because there are some times where it was just... (laughs) So are you trying to say that every person who's had challenges with their academics and are still serving the Lord, are you saying they're foolish in the sight of God? Why should there be special exceptions made for you? I don't know if you're getting my point. Lord, until um, if I can just be making 100 pins a month, I'll do serious ministry work. Why can't you do it now as well? Why can't you be faithful in little and then be, also be faithful in much? If you see the conditions, you know, if you have to check inboxes of men of God, we receive messages. Pastor, there's this contract, there's this thing. You know, like, like this is usually from strangers, people you don't know. The way I'll come and build a church for you. The moment this goes through, <laughs> <laughs> like sir, just give us the prayer points. <laughs> <laughs> they never come, rarely. Why? Because th- that that that's Christianity with conditions. No, Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must pick up their cross, deny themselves, and follow me. So you serve God with no conditions. <laughs> you worship Him for free. There's, where I don't need to convince you, no, you know, worship, and by the way, this revelation, there's no problem with it. The problem sometimes is with the hearts that receive it. So I shouldn't have to come tell you worship, tends turns into worship, so as you worship, you're doing warfare, and like, <laughs> is it true? Yes, there are times where your worship is warfare, maybe all the time, but should that really be the motivation? Do you have to be overconvinced about it? My point today has been you should prioritize the kingdom of God above anything else. I'll tell you this. I've got one more point, then you can clap. One more statement. Sorry for cutting your clap short. I'll tell you this. There are some people who their spiritual life ended the day they took up, I'm taking you as a pastor, the day they took up another position that gave them 2,000 kwacha more but separated them from all saints because they were waking Sunday to Sunday and they were sent to Shangombo and there was no one there. and <laughs> They were not yet at a level of faith where they could handle being on their own. The 2,000 wasn't worth it. The 2,000 wasn't worth it. There are some people their spiritual life ended with marriage. They married the wrong person. They desired marriage above the kingdom principles. And they pressed God to push them to the, to, push him to the permissive will. They knew 100% this is not perfect, this is permissive, but look, I want to marry, I also want to put on that suit, or I want to put on that dress, and the like, so I come what may, I must just do this. And that's it. They killed everything that had to do with purpose in their life. Because now they could no longer wake up at zero and speak in tongues. And <laughs> And now if they send a message to me, the husband will then send me a text, leave my wife alone. I've received so many of those. (laughs) I've received so many of those. And if they try anything spiritual, they're slapped. (laughs) What am I trying to say? Nothing should be bigger than the kingdom of God. So in those relationships of yours, discuss the kingdom of God first. Don't leave it for it will sort itself out in marriage. That's a lack of honor for God. You seek first his kingdom, the rest is a byproduct. It's a lack of honor. That's a total lack of honor for God. He should be the first in your conversation. should be the first in your conversation. His view actually matters. Otherwise, it's a lack, total lack of honor for God. Ha! How can you be dating three years? You've never discussed the kingdom of God. You talk about what? That's a lack of honor for God. Total lack of honor. Let's pray. <laughs> 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 I've just realized the time. I need to end the service now. <laughs> Can we give our offerings? Uh, as we're giving our offerings, how many people here are not born again? And you like the Lord Jesus? to be first in your life, so that you can become as nice as I am. (laughs) Okay, I'm just joking. Before we give our offerings, it's a serious question. How many people here, and you know, in a country like Zambia, sometimes we have to use different words because everyone has like grown up in the church and the like, but have you made a commitment in your heart to the Lord Jesus? Have you devoted your life to the Lord Jesus? Like, is he Lord over your life? If he came today, are you making it to heaven? And if so, why? Not that no, because he's a nice person. No. Are you making it to heaven? Are you living a life that's worthy of your calling and stuff like that? If not, it's better you make your election sure. So if you'd like to be born again, or perhaps to rededicate your life to the Lord, quickly raise your hand. Raise it and raise it high. I'll give you 20, 30 seconds. Some of you are debating in your heart. If you'd like to be born again today, can you raise your hand, please? I want to give you a moment okay are we all saved could you quickly check with your neighbor if they're saved it's, it's really a big deal can you check with them okay is your neighbor saved wonderful for those online if you're not giving your life to the Lord just say after me say Lord Jesus I believe you are the Son of God I confess you as my Lord and from this day I'm born again Amen. If you've done that, please click where it says, if you've given your life to Christ today, raise it by three. Where it says, if you've given your life to to, to Christ today, uh, click this link and we'll help you from there. We are done, but can I have just one minute, two minutes of your time? One minute to sing, one minute to pray for you. Uh, Thank you. Just stand for a minute. Raise it up by two again. Lift your hands. Lord, if I find favor in your sight, Lord, please hear my heart's cry, I'm desperately waiting. the hardest desert I'll travel near or oh far for your glory I will do anything just to see you to behold That for your glory, everyone. For
0: your glory,
1: I will do anything just to save you. To be one more time for your glory, everyone, from the bottom of your heart. For your glory. To see you to behold you as my king. be hold you and the way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. And more than the air I breathe. More than the song I sing. More than the next heartbeat, more than anything, and Lord, as time goes by, I'll always be by your side, cause I never want to go back to my own. More than yesterday, <laughs> More than yesterday, I need you more. more than words can say. More than words can say, Jesus. Can I be his? Shabbatabaka Santa Than ever before, I need. You name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I pray may your heart be on fire for the Lord I pray may God give you grace to give up anything that needs to be given up grace against any habit any addiction grace against any condition of the mind in the name of Jesus the Lord gives you grace to stand and he that is able to keep you from falling keeps you perfect in jesus name i pray and in every area where you've had challenges perhaps you've not done things the right way i pray for mercy in the name of jesus and grace to help you in times of need in jesus name amen the amazing grace of the lord jesus christ the extravagant love of god and the intimate friendship of the holy spirit be with us all surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the Lord
0: Oh wow, what a service I have been so blessed and I know you have been too May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you you can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on the city of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.